Welcome back. It is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. As always, I am Aaron Smith, joined by Jeff Howell and the self-proclaimed best producer in the city, Ed Mayhall. And today, as it is a special edition, if you will, uh, we do have Chad joining us right from the jump. And as you can see, there's been an announcement on Twitter by Jizzle James. Oh, who, I thought we were getting like a uh, shrimp at Chipotle finally. Damn. And, and Jizzle James becomes the first official, well, not first official, I guess the second official uh, commit to the class of 2023. That's correct. How about that? Joining Rayvon Griffith, who will be in town for homecoming on Saturday. Hmm. He, he, he might be joined by the other 2023 commit at homecoming. Just saying. Who knows? Who knows? We don't know anything. I know lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> My guy hasn't told me yet. I'm your guy, Ed. I know. You haven't told me yet. Is right. it really weird starting a show without intro music? Like, how yeah. did you? I'm I'm not comfortable right now. Yeah, I'm I not feel... comfortable right now either. I, feel I mean, awful. we start every show that we do on the BCJ Network, other than this one, right? Yeah, it feels without weird though. Intro music, but there it is. It was James weird. the Bearcats. I thought it was a you know it, you know. Go on. Go on. Thought it was just a you know a courtesy. I was told it was a courtesy, you know. They they all are. They're all courtesies. They all are. Just just a courtesy. Just a courtesy. Just like, oh, we'll make you feel better. I'll say you're in my top three. Uh the shout out to Coach Wes Miller, right? I mean, year number two. Um, and we got a four star recruit out of Jizzle James. Uh he's putting together a pretty good 23 season. I'm I'm pretty jacked. Yeah, I mean, just two guys in the top. 75 in the nation. No big deal. No biggie at all. And both of them sniffing top 50. Like right on the cusp of top 50. So, yeah, it's. uh Thanks, Tom, for, for, for the, the, the comment there. I'm, I'm not reading that. It's, it's going to be. I mean, yeah, well, he wrote he so, so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm buying the jersey. I mean, I, I, I would. How could you not? I mean, he has the nil jizzle on the back. <laughs> yeah, is it going to be like a field? It's going to be like a Field Williams situation where he has his first name on the back. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. A, I'm not against it. It's not a terrible idea. I don't hate it. At least for the NIL jerseys. Yeah, for the for the money stuff. Like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Pe- people are going to buy Jizzle more than they're going to buy James. Take my let's money just, now. Let's just be honest here. I don't want a LeBron James jersey, so yeah, that's a good point. So he does pick Cincinnati over LSU and Georgia. Obviously, there are some ties to Georgia, as Chad has covered at length um, as they – essentially were the staff from, from Florida that were recruiting him initially when 
they were at Florida before they moved on to Georgia. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing to take of this is like they they went toe to toe with a coaching staff that had a deeper connection, a deeper relationship that had been building that relationship for a considerably longer amount of time. And that they were able to go in there and and develop that relationship this summer, build on that relationship into the fall, get him on campus for an official visit and get the job done speaks volumes to this staff's ability to identify evaluate build the relationship and then get to the finish line because that's all that matters in recruiting and i was texting with somebody about flory today flory badunga who visited uc uh unofficially today one of the top players in currently the 2024 class and this first first place is all that matters every time recruiting recruiting is a zero-sum game you finish first or you finish last now, it's maybe like, that's a little different in the transfer portal. It's like car racing. I was going to say, it's, it's like Ricky Bobby all over again. Yeah, it's like car <laughs> racing. Um, you know, maybe that's a little different long-term with the transfer portal. But but the reality is what they did to move on this kid and build that relationship as quickly as they did to, to make the impression on his dad. You're talking a Hall of Fame. That's a, that's a solid point. Yeah, that's a real solid point, Chad. To, to get a Hall of Fame athlete that played at the U, like when the U was everything, and to get them on board on the same page, they went home from the visit and felt like Cincinnati is where we want to be. We're ready to shut this thing down. That's That speaks heavy, heavy, heavy to, uh, to Wes Miller and his staff. And a big kudos to Chad Dollar just promoted to associate head coach his first act as associate head coach he was the lead recruiter on jizzle james and he got that done now you guys were talking i think it was on um was it one of the nightcaps i can't remember there's so much content that gets put out from uh, bcj but uh that this weekend kind of when he was on camp or i guess it wasn't this weekend but when he was on campus uh that they his dad kind of like like fading into the shadows like this this isn't about me, like not making anything. It was all about, you know, the way that they were treating, tre- treating Jizzle and kind of keep it and like not showering him with like, oh my God, like Edger. Like... I mean, I knew who Edger and James was. Right. I know, but listen, I know what he looks like. You wouldn't have known he was on the visit unless you were like specifically looking for him. He just had on a casual sweatsuit, hoodie, blended into the background. He wasn't looking for attention. Like when they were, uh, we walked by their tailgate and he was like, Jizzle was was sitting at a table with Arnt and Paige and a couple of the staff. Like his dad was kind of off to the side and just minding his own business. Not really, you know, glad handing or you, you know how people are when they want to be the center of attention. Right. That was not that was not edge at all. He was perfectly cool with like this is this is my son's deal. This is his decision to make. These are his relationships to build. Like obviously he's gonna have some influence and have like a, a voice, but you wouldn't have known 
and a lot of people didn't know that were even around that 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 was his dad that was hanging out. So it, I was really impressed by, you know, the way his dad kind of conducted himself and handled himself through the process. The other yep. thing I want to shout out here is, um, you know, the the Bearcat Journal Nation, along with Bearcat Nation at large. Um, obviously, the the heavy lifting was done by by the coaches and the staff sure. and all of that. But when you when you see on Twitter and you see on all the social media sites, like some fan bases don't do what our fan base does, and that is make kids feel like this is the place to be. Like we when we get guys here, regardless of if they come in as you know a, a five star whatever, like if they come, as long as you come in here, you're a Cincinnati Bearcat for life, and we're gonna take care of you and back you all the way through your journey here and after you leave. And I thought well, that I, our good. I, I think what was important there to Jizzle is he wanted to go to a basketball school. Like he wanted to go to a place that basketball is really, really important. And from what I heard, like he, when he was coming on his visit, he posted like Cincinnati official, you know, today or whatever, and then he got on a plane to fly to Cincinnati. And when he got to Cincinnati, it already had a thousand plus likes and 150, 200, you know, comments and re, you know, retweets and quote tweets. It, 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 apparently it was like, I had to like turn off my notifications because the Cincinnati fans were just dominating. And that was unlike anything he had seen anywhere else. They knew his name. They had the big head. Like, you know, they, they were chanting for him when he was down um, on the field before the game. People recognized him when he was walking around. Like, I think it, he signed a bunch of autographs as they were, like, just walking through the crowd. People excited, you know. Like, that, that stuff, say what you will. Is it a little silly? Sure. But guess what? Again, first place is the only thing that matters. And if it helps you finish in first place on a top 50 level point guard, one of the best point guards in the country, whatever works, man. All fair and love and recruiting. Now for uh, the folks that haven't had a chance to uh, be around on the AU circuit or anything like that, like you've been, Chad. I have been. Uh, that's, that's what I do in the spring and summer. What, what are some of the big things – in his game that that stick out to you that will kind of flow very well in Wes Miller's so scheme. He's a bearcat. He's tough. He's physical. He plays really, really hard at all times. Um, he's a guy you want to play with. Like it, when you watch him play, that's what jumps out at me is he is a guy you want to be on your team. Um, just because he, he, he does things the right way. He's a good passer. Um, he, he's cognizant of getting his teammates involved. Um, he's got a deadly mid-range game. He, he's working on expanding that out to three-point range. Um, I, I think some of that, like if you look at his release, it's really good. If you look at his rotation on the mid-range game, um, the, the ball comes out of his hands the way it's supposed to. Um, so, so there's a lot to like about his game, especially Wes Miller is a defense first guy. He wants to pressure. He wants to get in you. He wants to get after you. That's Jizzle James. 
You know, he's going to be a guy. He's he's, a, he's six one. He's got good length. Um, he can play underneath the ball, and, and by that I mean like when a, when a, a point guard has the ball, the way you pressure is to play up underneath, like like how Villanova's played for years and years and years and years. <laughs> they make <clears throat> they make dribbling difficult. And, and if you can't dribble as a point guard because the 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 opponent is is that distractive and and disruptive, I don't think distractive is a word. I'll look it, it up. Point, it got the point across. I think I just made that up. Um, if he's that disruptive, it makes offense really really difficult. And, and that's the type of things he can do. If you look at his frame, he's already college ready. He's kind of built like a running back um, where he's got those thick thighs and like, you know, strong uh, core. Um, and, he, and he kind of plays like a running back. He gets to the to the paint whenever he wants. He's a real, like I said, he's a, he's a good passer. He's, he's probably not, you know, he's, he's, he's not Isaiah Collier level as a passer. It's not a word, is it, Evan? No, I didn't think so. I'm sorry. Um, I tried for you. Oh, no, I, I, I knew it coming out of my mouth. I had just made up a word. It, it's okay. Sometimes in podcasting, you just make up words. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, but he's he's a point guard. Like he he's what you want in a point guard. He, he's physical. He's athletic. He's tough. Um, he knows how to play the game. He understands the game really well. He, he's got great pedigree. You know, th- there are statistics out there. If you look like in the pros, how many of those guys are sons of former high-level athletes. And the numbers are astronomical. Um, so he, he has that background, that pedigree. It, he's I, I, I just – I think it's a great fit. Like, I, from the first time I watched him, I said, this guy is what Cincinnati basketball is all about. If you're serious about returning Cincinnati basketball to toughness and and, and you know – forcing your will, imposing your will on the, the opponent, this is a guy at point guard that, that you can do that with uh, over the next two, three, four years. So I, I, it's a fantastic get. A couple things I want to bring up real quick. Uh, this puts Cincinnati at number 18 now in the country for uh, ranking, I believe, um, <clears throat> at least according to Stewie, who did the legwork there for us uh, with the you calculator. Stewie as uh, 24-7 has not updated yet. Um, and I also wanted to share this real quick. Um, it seems that this this guy here, Drew, Drew Adams, has been tweeting things out that have to do with the movement and Wes Miller mm-hmm. and Jizzle James. So I just thought that was of, of note. That I saw there was those rumbling said that, there was a guy named Drew Adams in the building today. Well, strange. Rumbling. I don't know. It's weird. Just just thought I'd point that out, especially as we're at uh, the, the largest live stream that a that pardon punctuation has ever 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 had, um, and that uh, <laughs> even even Bearcat Journal we're we're up there with um, some of our best numbers right now. So, um, oh, real quick, I, I I'm stupid. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it. Who, who's Drew Adams? We'll fill you in later. Gotcha. Thank you. I see he's a good dad, though. He seems like a good guy. 
He's somebody, somebody with, uh, you know, maybe he's got a vested interest in the program. He's, I think he's, I, I, I know what it is, Aaron. He grew up with Mike. He's friends with Mike Roberts. He's known Mike Roberts for a long time. So he's supporting his friend, Mike. Sure. That's oh, that makes sense. I, I like when friends support friends. He's a good, sounds like a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colin, only at 720p because it, it helps um, for the upload to only be at 720p. I don't know. I'm, we had to mess around with some different things. My settings aren't as they normally are. I don't know what's going on tonight. Are we There's on 720p? Of, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts, man. Say so we had a lot of we had some like virtual camera action that was like back feeding some audio. It is what oh, it is. Um, okay. Doug Smith uh, on, on Twitter did post that uh, earlier, assuming Griffith and James ultimately sign. It's the first time since 2008 that the Bearcats have gotten two top 10 players at their position in the same recruiting class per 247. Uh, Yancey was uh, the number eight power forward and Cash was the number Cash, eight point, yeah. point guard. Yeah. I, I love that Tony... Those guys ref- played on some good teams. I love that Tony referenced our nightcap the other night, Chad, calling him Coach X. Coach X. Oh, um, I love uh, Jason. That was, Jeff, that was Jeff Goodman who, who referenced him as Coach X. I love Jason's comment down here. Um, is it Jizz for short? Can we just ask Dan Hoard to call him Jizz? No. That, you don't That's need probably to probably not going to happen. I'm not asking Dan to do that. It's probably not going to no. happen. Colin did donate five bucks and said, uh, let's go Jizzy in the hizzy. But then he and said then he's going to take, take it back. Five back because Aaron put it in 720p. Oh. Put anything. I had nothing to do with the setup of this. I think actually you can change that. Uh, in I'm your... working on it right now. I'm working on it right now. Okay. I mean, I think the the viewer can change it in their settings, the little scroll wheel uh, on their their feed. I think they can change it as well. Nice. So what you're saying here is that Jizzle James sets up very well to take the Bearcats into the Big 12 and and that he's able to compete at that level. Absolutely. Absolutely. He also, I mean, he's a guy that I, I think... You know, Isaiah Collier has talked a lot, a lot about wanting to play with really talented guys. But guess what? Chisel James is a really talented guy. And, you know, that, that would potentially take some of the pressure, you know, if you're, if you're getting a, a, a point guard that wants the ball in his hands, but also maybe wants – not to just be like the sole focus of every dribble taken. There, there's a lot of teams right now playing with two point guards. It's kind of, you know, one of the, the, the new trendy things in basketball is two point guards, two jump, you know, one, one of them has to be a little bigger, which Collier is at six foot five, um, two point guards. And then a couple, you know, small forward combo forward type guys in a center and all of a sudden, you you look a lot like Baylor that won a national championship. You look a lot like Kansas. You look a lot like teams that have recently had a lot of success in the Big 12, which is the best conference in the country right now. So, Real quick, my wife is down here. Hey, Michelle, do you mind if I get a jersey that says Jizzle on the back of it? No? I don't think she minds. We're good. There you go. This is a uh, combo podcast. It's live both on the PTP 
uh, YouTube channel as well as Bearcat Journal. So if you, if you don't follow either of the uh, the YouTubes there, if you're not subscribed to it, it is free. Subscribe to both of them. Like, like, and, subscribe, uh, subscribe, comment, tell us how awesome good we are. Right, all the things. I don't think Aaron's angry. No, I just don't. I don't ever know what he's doing over there. Oh, wait, one. Oh, 720s P right now. I'm glad we have a real producer on the case. Thank you, Ed. Hey, you're very welcome, Colin. You're very welcome. I had it at 480 before. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I went back to 720. No, I had my my settings were at 480 for, for oh. my camera. But I'm on a I'm not even on I I think I'm on Mozilla right now. Normally I use Microsoft Edge, so everything's again helter skelter tonight. So um, can we just appreciate the fact we got two coaches that are just the definition of a perfect fit for Cincinnati. We, we've talked at length about that, Hunter. Like Chad and I have made reference to, we're going to look back at this time in Cincinnati as the golden years. <laughs> a low point I, in the program. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I There's some reality to that, though, man. Like, I, I can tell you this from, from my experience. I've never experienced two more normal guys in coaching than Wes and Luke. Like they're both ultra competitive. They're both everything you want. But I mean, Aaron has experienced this with, with having these guys like on our shows, like dealing with these guys. Like if you're around at a practice or whatever the case may be, they're awesome. Aaron, are they not like they're just they're not too big. Like they, they don't think of themselves in those terms. They just see themselves as normal guys that happen to coach sports. And it's refreshing. Like it, it's, it's incredible to deal with because they're not neurotic. They're not assholes. They're not egomaniacs. They're just one of us, so to speak, that happened to be elite at, at, at this job. And, and I think that's what resonates. One of the things that resonates loudly with recruits when they get to meet these guys and get to know these guys. Yeah. I'm still terrified of Fick. Um, even impressors where he's not even allowed to be mean. Really. Stop asking about flying helmets. I mean, that was one week only, Ed. Keep up. <laughs> if you watched a football game, you'd know. But I watched um, it today. Did, he tried to start you... shit with me today. Fick, yeah. Luke, yeah. In the presser, as as he said, uh <laughs> I, I I don't have to move on. Chad Chad told Fickle said he didn't want to talk about the Tulsa game, he'd already moved on. And Chad's like, I'm I'm gonna ask you a question about Tulsa. I haven't moved on. You might have moved on. I, I haven't <laughs> moved on. Mick Mick, no, Mick wasn't an asshole. Well, Mick was uh, Mick was awesome <laughs> to me. Like, let, let me be very clear about something. Uh, and I'll turn my camera back on real quick. None of this would be possible if it wasn't for Mick Cronin trusting me. Like that is where all of this was built. That's where all, like it's where my credibility came from. Remember back in those days, Tim was covering football. My job was just covering basketball. In order to get where Bearcat Journal is right now, none of that would have happened without Mick. When Luke Fickle got hired, Mick put in a good word for Bearcat Journal. When Wes Miller got hired, Mick put in a good word for Bearcat Journal. 
So you will never, Jim, ever hear me say a bad word about Mick because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. And, and Todd, Todd knows. Todd can attest to that. Like, Todd was here for a lot of it. but And, and Todd was the first one to build a relationship with Mick as we became, in the very, very beginning, 2006, 2007, there was a scout site, there was a rival site. We were the basketball site, the scout site was the football site. And all of this is because we developed a trust with Mick. So you, you won't hear me say a bad thing about Mick. John, I, I think John just got in over the, the, the death of his dad, the pandemic, like it, he got in over his head and it just snowballed. John's a good guy. I still text with John. I, I know there are reasons that, that a lot of people don't like him. I get it. I understand. I, I've had a almost 30 year friendship with the man. Um, Did he got to Marshall? Any... Yeah, we went to Marshall together in 1995. That's when we met. So, but let's, I don't care about any of that. It, it's, it's, it's a great night because now the game is won in college. At the college level, guards and wings. And Cincinnati has a top 50 level point guard and a top 50 level wing. A top 10 point guard in the class, a top 10 wing in the class. And that's how you win. That's how you get to the top of the sport. That's how you get high seeds in the NCAA tournament. That's how you advance to Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, and Final Fours uh, built around those things. So to see Wes doing this, in his first real recruiting class and seeing what is being like worked on, on the horizon. Like we're not even at the apex of this yet. There's a lot of reason to be really, really excited about UC basketball right now. You could even say you could be fired up about I'm UC fired basketball. Up. <laughs> this is where if there was an elite producer on this show, there would be a soundbite of Wes Miller saying I'm fired up. He, it's, I'm, I'm it's, not even sure he's at his computer currently. I have Technically, one on it file. is in Hold the on. intro, but we couldn't play that tonight. I think uh, I have one on file. Well, that would have it'll be late now. But it'll be late. Uh, I got I called out I, being late the other day, so now, it's fine. Now, when you when you break like when you break down recruiting all the way down to a very like basic and simple thing, which it's not, um, to be able to build a class. To attract other top players, you've got to. Uh, oh, Arnton Page. So to be able Arnton to Page put, other... No, before you finish that okay. thought, Arnton Page put his visit pics on Instagram five minutes ago, as in his Cincinnati visit pics. As oh, in he that just kind of posted ties, them. That kind of ties into what I'm. I think it was a courtesy. At. I think it was a courtesy. Go to on. Be, to be able to be able to draw in other high-level players, they want to play with other high-level players. So if you can... It's not... There used to be a thing where guys wanted to go and be the man. Like, I want to go where I'm the highest, I'm the biggest dog. That's kind of gone away with, like, as as we've seen um, the prep school scene really elevate, and then as we've seen things like the Nike EYBL, where they're essentially, like, an all-star team from each area around the country, each major area around the country, guys are understanding. If you want to win at the EYBL level, if you want to win at the high prep school level, 
you better have three, four, five elite players with you. And guess what? That carries over even more so into college because you're competing with older dudes, guys that are 22, you know, 21, 22 years old. So this, this idea of like guys are afraid to play with a boatload of talent, um, that's kind of gone out the window because the, the, the feeder system has changed, right? Well, and then, I mean, you can even break it down even further. Like a lot of these guys, like even though they're from different parts of the country, uh, are playing together a lot more. Uh, oh, yeah. Tra- traveling. I mean, like, look at Ravon. Like, Ravon's what, in Arizona, right? That's yeah, correct. and and he's playing with a major 2024 target that just happens to be from the same AAU program as Jizzle James, an AAU program coached by a man named Steve Reese. Uh, Jeff, do you know Alicia Reese? I do. That's her brother, Steve Reese, that runs the Florida Rebels AAU program. That it's Jizzle all about James making connections, Chad. Recruiting is 100% connections. Thanks, Ed. Six minutes later. Jesus. So. Ired up. Ired up. Why is it only doing ired up? Um, I don't. I try to do uh, the stop it. I'll, I'll have better next week. This is also a, a little bit scary to see how uh, we're going to say Jizzle <laughs> develops in the Monster Factory. Like that, that's a little bit frightening um, because I think we've seen Why? some of the, the transformations some of these guys have made, and he's already like pretty solid dude. So to see what, what he's able to turn into there. With Rayfo, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously this, like it's still all quiet on that front, right, Chad? That's correct. For what? Uh, how are we feeling about Collier committing? That's still in the air. All quiet. We talked about it last night a little bit. Um, I, 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 if I had gun to my head, um, I, I would guess USC, but that's not anything of substance. That's just me siding with recruiting where mom usually gets what mom wants. Um, but in terms of like straight up information, he's done as good a job as any kid I've covered in 15 years of, you know, keeping everybody guessing. Rayvon just commented, just put committed on Paige's new post. Or Instagram. That looks like uh, Jason says that uh, the, the pics on that on uh, Paige's Instagram were awesome. Video of him yep. watching Max Seal and older Bearcat Bigs. There's so history wanna, here. You want to find those, Ed. I mean, there, there's, that stuff is out there. Like, this is still a, a basketball school. Like, these guys want, want to commit and, and bring this back to where it was. Uh, oh, is this Arrington's? So here, for those of you listening, um, obviously everybody that's here can see this. Uh, Ed's pulling up Arnton Page's uh Just put Instagram. committed. I mean, it just looked better. <laughs> Ray Ray is recruiting his ass off, man. Ain't he, though? Oh, Good for him. I, exactly. He, he, there's guys he wants to play with, and he's going after him. But look at this. 
I mean, just look at look at like I mean, there's like Bearcat, just random Bearcat accounts right, that are in there. Like Bearcat coverage, let's do it. Uh, I like I want some good IU. The one at the top said, "It'll join Ray and Jizzle." Yeah, I've I mean, seen a lot of red and black and uh, and UC stuff getting posted on there. I don't yeah. see anything from the other schools. No, Indiana's the got a couple. He's but not from Indiana. So. That's what I was talking about, though, about like, you know, the the Bearcat Nation folks, like the Bearcat, they, they just the community. They, they they surround these guys, and and you don't really see too many of the like. I mean, there's obviously like they're they're crazy, crazy people in in all the fan bases, but yeah. you don't typically see like insane nonsense that shouldn't be posted or commented happening with with uc fans no it's usually just gifs or gifs or however you want to say it like right. it's it's Dude, innocent it's harmless don't 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 say a word just let them know you don't have to say a word you can just right. find your favorite bearcat gif and anytime it's time you go post it that's all yep. i had I to go find that blinking bearcat again today and recreate the the gif. I was down for it. Good job, Ed. Thank you. Congrats. Above and beyond. That's what I do. So <laughs> when when does official when does the, the official signing window open, Chad? So it is November 9th, I believe. It's the second Wednesday in November, and it goes for one week. And then there's another one that opens in February. In the spring. In the, no, it's April. Is it April? Okay. All right. So those are some dates you can uh, put on your your calendars. Um, so then, right now, Chad, if if nobody left, if nobody entered the transfer portal, um, and including guys with eligibility, so essentially just everyone who had eligibility stays. Uh huh. What's this team looking like next year? I, Aaron, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, we're, well, I mean, we're a long way from that. I, the the guys that we know are gone are what? Uh, DeJulius. Yes. Ezekpe. Yes. Uh, Fennessey. And there's one more. There's four that are gone for sure. Not Davenport. No, Davenport and Shuey have the potential to add a year if they would like. Uh, I believe Odie has the potential to add a year if he would right. like. Nolly. Um, Newman. Newman's Newman. the other. John Newman. There it is. So there, those are the four guys that are gone for sure. That's the easier question to answer, sure. Yeah, right. those are the four guys that are gone for sure. Um, and then there are four guys that have a COVID year that they could use if they so desire. Okay. No, Micah's, Micah's got a COVID year if he wants, Todd. Just wanted to get an idea for what we might be looking at next year, potentially. You're, that's five out of, yeah, that's the, the video on us. We're watching that. I, I like the very, I like the very end of this video. This feels, uh, feels, feels good to me. Huh? That's Have pretty you? dope that they put. They bring the scoreboard all the way down when they yeah. do these photo shoots in Fifth Third Arena, 
and that they put pick their like video of Max and Hicks and like incorporated that into is like that is dope. Maybe I, I I don't know, guys. I don't know. Right. I mean, the I question was. The big question Collier. is: Could getting Collier cause Woods to leave? Maybe I don't know. Or do the size of Nolly and Skilling still give Woods comparable minutes without hindering James and Collier's minutes? I like those are all questions I would have to like watch this year to have answers to. Yeah, sure. Because let's say Mike Adams Woods makes a big jump hypothetically this year and makes himself a player that that you really want back next year, like that changes the equation. Like maybe he decides that it isn't for him. Maybe he struggles this year. Like that, those, like we don't have those answers because we need to see a season play out um, to kind of understand where things are when we get to, and a lot of it, like by, you know, January, February, we'll probably have better ideas and better answers uh, to those things. But what I know right now, is that Jizzle James and Isaiah Collier are open to the idea of playing together. So this isn't a situation where James was- commits and Collier is no longer interested in Cincinnati. That is not the case. I can assure you of that. I know that. It so that's what's important kind of right now. Yeah, it's not that these two kids are looking at each other and saying, no, I'm good. What I, From my understanding, these are two kids that both played on the EYBL circuit and they both have a great deal of respect for each other's game. And they both look at each other's game and think, like, we could play together. Like, that's, that that's yeah, you can't get both if you don't land one. Like, this is a situation where these guys are comfortable with how the other one plays. And it's because they both play the right way. Like, they both appreciate and respect. They're, they're not ball hogs. They're not guys that are looking for their own shine. You know what I mean? Like they're guys that are looking to be on a team that wins because ultimately that's what matters. And there's a lot of guys that aren't like that. You know, there's a lot of guys out there in in the AAU circuit. You can see they're out to get theirs. And these two guys have a mutual respect for how each other plays. And for now, that's what's important is that they see how each other plays and recognize like, this guy could help me and I could help him. And both of them have that, that belief from what I've heard. I don't know. It's just exciting, exciting times here in Cincinnati. I mean, obviously last season with the CFP and now this season for the first time since what was the year, Jeff, first time since two, 2008, 2008, that they have two top 100 guys. I mean, big 12, already making waves and we are merely at the tip of that iceberg. Well, I mean, we talked about it. Like you can't, you cannot roll into the big 12 with a roster that can't compete and then expect to grow. You'll, you'll just get shuffled to the bottom of the order and that's where you'll stay. Right. You won't get you, out. You, that, you'll just get buried. Right. And nobody, and then people will look at it and say, like, I don't want to go play there because well, you don't want to be the Rutgers or the Maryland of Correct. the Big 12. Right. That is, that is right. a very good point. You do not want to be the doormat for everybody. No. 
It's no. not a fun place to be. Well, because otherwise, whenever this all happens again, because there's bound to be a reshuffle at some point in time, it's not just going to be this forever, right? Like right. we're not entering the end game. So it's next... never been this forever. Correct. So whenever this reshuffling happens again, you don't want to find yourself on the outside looking in ever again. And how do you do that? By making sure you're relevant. You go to the CFP. You put a team together that is going to make runs in the NCAA tournament. And that's what you do. There's not a ton of schools that are able to do both of those things. Not at any type of consistent level. And I'm, I'm in no way, shape or form saying that Cincinnati is going to continue to put themselves in the CFP conversation or continue to make runs. in. When it goes to 12, there's well, a very real possibility that, they could. Fair enough. Whether they make it or not, like if they finish 18, that's a year where – you spend you the were, season in the conversation. Certainly in the, the conversation. Playoff. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I was thinking at, at four. I'm I'm not used to thinking about twelve yet by by any stretch. Uh, yeah. we're not even in that that realm yet. Jeffrey um, basket basketball gets thirteen scholarship spots. I can't, yeah. I keep clicking on these things like I <laughs> to do it and I don't uh 13 13 scholarship spots every year for basketball the AAC sure felt like forever oh oh especially when the big 12 decided not to expand there was definitely a point in time that where it was like is this where we're going to be at forever I I guess that's my whole entire point is like you don't want to find yourself in those positions ever again and I right. think why well, I think when that happened though, UC realized that, and there have been there have been a movement. There's been a movement at UC. Well, they they did sure that thing that where it, they hired Luke Fickle, right? And retired if, Luke like, Fickle. And maybe I'm like not remembering this correctly, but it, that wasn't necessarily like the most popular decision at that time. I mean, like. It wasn't well, like here's a slam the scary dunk. part. Like you a lot of people. The scary didn't... part. The scary part is it was down to Luke Fickle and uh, Scott Satterfield at Louisville, and given where Louisville is right now, that thing was close. Like they, they, they were ready. Like they were ready to hire Satterfield, just as ready as they like when they were finalizing. Like like down to having flight plans to both. Location yeah, to lot, pick them up, right? Like they no, they did, Jeff. They did, and and, and it like a lot of that, you know, the Satterfield stuff, because ads like to hire, prefer to hire guys with head coaching experience. So Satterfield had that. I got I got to pause for a second. Okay. About the only good thing to Todd's point uh, that that Bone did on his way out that was good for the school. Was hiring Oh, I mean, it, he's he's wait. certainly Bone's certainly trying to make it very difficult for Cincinnati at this point in time, um, all the way from Southern California. Huh. Moving forward, I mean, he, especially he in regards the, to Isaiah Collier. Well, look, you, you, it's better to be in the conversation for these guys. Like, take, for sure, take a, take a couple years ago. Do you think that we're in? We're sitting here live with 163 people watching us talk about like a, a two-star guy that decided that he was going to come here and play. Jeff, I mean, if you were on Twitter today and we're scrolling for any, like a, an amount of uh, 
I don't know, longer than 10 minutes, um, you probably saw that Cincinnati has visits and, and has made connections with several other four and five star guys that we have not even talked about in this space. Like not, not just PTP, but in Bearcat journal space, we have not even had conversations about these kids yet. Well, no, we, I think we brought it up. You, you brought it up maybe, uh, I don't know, two, three on one of the shows. It might've been PTP. It might've been one of the other ones, but having like having these guys like there's whenever they're like hey we're talking about this kid and he's like i don't know maybe 75 or maybe he's like 110 and guys are like oh yeah like that's that's a cool name um but what about these guys like we're we're looking at top 10 guys we're looking at like i mean you need those like those guys and, and those guys need to know that regardless of where they land on the thing on the whatever ranking system there is, if Wes Miller believes in you enough and to I, bring you here, you are a going to get the same support that a number one recruit in the country is going to get. I think we're getting to that point with not just, not, not just football to your point, but, but also with basketball where these guys are evaluating both look fickle and Wes Miller and staff. They're evaluating players better than, most programs, even your blue bloods in the entire country where they're on them before anybody else is on them when they're still back in the 75, 110, 150 range, uh, f- speaking to basketball and in and, and football, when they're two star, three star guys. Flory Badunga was not even ranked. Was, or, uh, was he Chad? He was, he, he, he was, was a complete unknown until spring. Um, but it, and I know he's not committed those, here or I, anything like that. I'm just they they're on him. Like Collier was no. was Collier was low. Like they've so uh, I'll, I've told this story a, a, a time or two. I'll tell it again. The first AAU event I went to this spring was in Indianapolis. It was the Adidas uh, an Adidas stop in Indianapolis. I walk in the gym. I see um, the Indiana Elite which is a program that we're going to want to get to know for intended purposes for numerous reasons. reasons. I walk into the gym, Indiana elites playing. Um, There's a young man playing for them named Raleigh Burgess who goes to Sycamore and he's a high major recruit. Um, So I was like, all right, you know, I hadn't seen him yet. I'll check this out. And within 30 seconds, I was like, who the hell is that? And it was Flory. He was blocking everything, dunking everything, running the floor, being aggressive, rebounding, throwing outlet passes, like just, you know, things like that you want your big man to be really good at. Um, And immediately I put on Twitter at the end of that game, it's really cool when you get to see a lottery pick that nobody knows. Like when you get to be first or close to first, I'm watching a kid that nobody's heard of. And he and he's only really played basketball for what, 18, 24 months, something like that? About like, a year and a half. We're getting close to that, like, like, you know, two year frame, I guess. No. Not even I it's about it's about 18 months from when he got to the country. Um and, and went to Kokomo, uh, Indiana, and then Took them on Put a deep run in the Coca-Mo. state tournament. Took them on a deep run in the state tournament, and then parlayed that into 
dominating AAU over the past, you know, four months, five months, whatever it was. Like, and seeing 84 more reigns than he had ever seen in his entire life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Cincinnati was right there, front and center. And, oh, oof. it'll be like, you know, Mick always used to say in the, in, the, in the Big East, you are one week away from a three-game losing streak. You are Saturday to Saturday from losing three in a row at any point in time. Yeah, but how exciting is that going to be when you have a team that's worth a shit? It's amazing. Because right? every game, like we're going to be doing a year from now, hopefully, we're going to be doing basketball watch parties at the Holy Grail on a Tuesday night, 9 p.m. tip-off, and the place is going to be full. Packed. Because it's it's going to be Cincinnati's, well, I won't be there for Cincinnati's first trip to Kansas because I'll be in, in Kansas. Yeah, I'll be in Lawrence. I'm, how could you if i can get a press pass like i don't have to go through the hassle of getting tickets if i can get a press pass for uc's first game in lawrence kansas i'm an asshole if i don't go to fog allen fieldhouse nice Uh, boys dropped appreciate you john jason k i don't know that jizzle ever turned off notifications i believe that was collier who who stated that he turned off notifications because of no jizzle joked about it after i just told the story in the beginning of the thing when he landed in Cincinnati, his phone about, exploded. Oh, I missed that. It, it, when he we got up, when he was getting ready to get on the plane, he put Cincinnati official visit, whatever. Yeah. By the time he got to Cincinnati, he had a thousand likes and like two hundred uh, t- uh, comments and another fifty quote tweets. He was like, "Dude, I, I turned on my phone and my phone was like." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, Jizzle's commitment video on his Instagram page. We cannot play it. There is copyright music in it, um, but it is amazing. You so, can play the video. We yeah, can play the video, but it, he talks about like his his journey and stuff. We'll we'll continue to talk. You can just leave it run. Yeah, I get it. I got you. We did. We got we got dinged on Rayvon's commitment video. Yeah, copyright. So yeah, it's blue, it's- <laughs> But if you are uh, if you happen to be listening to this in podcast form, then it's it's really we should keep talking. Yeah, head over to to Jizzle's Instagram and you can watch the watch and listen. I mean, everybody's gonna have to go there to listen to it. But I love the comments on it, Rayvon Griffin. It's headhunting season. Yeah, tough. I think he said the same thing on Twitter. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, when he posted a picture of the two of them together for in a graphic already. I retweeted it out. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is it's certainly unprecedented times because I mean, back in 2008, if you go all the way back to then, that's what 14 years ago. Um, where you were at in your life at that point in time, Jeff, Ed, Chad, 2008, I just got married. Com- Compare, I mean, I had just recently graduated. Yep, Kelly didn't have cancer. That was an awesome time. I mean, that's, that's it was a, a long time, time ago. And and prior to that, I, I believe the last time they had done that was, what, 2000? Where they had two top 100 kids? Yeah. And 2000, I mean, I know... 99, Ed, technically, because the, like, okay. they came in in 99. Sure. Uh, I was just starting high school in 99. Right. Yeah. 
finishing eighth grade I, and, and going into high school. <laughs> I, I'd been out of high school for four years, so. I mean, but but that's how, like, this is crazy no. that that's the timelines here between 99, 08, and, and now. Can we can we talk John Cunningham for a second? Yeah. The the balls on that man to like go outside the box because Archie Miller was considered a layup, right? People wanted Eric Martin. There, there were there were ties Lamar to Ohio State. For Eric Martin. Yeah, there were ties to Ohio State with Ryan Peden uh, that that wanted the job. People want Nick Van Exel. Yeah. And John Cunningham went through his process. And said, I'm going to find the right guy. Well, he hired out as well for that process, correct? Uh, not really. I, there wasn't a... a not like a... a there, wasn't a there wasn't a search firm <clears throat> that like... There's different ways to do search firms. You can hire a search firm like as background to gather information and to, to like do your due diligence, help you with your due diligence. And then you head the search. That's kind of what Cunningham did. Um, so there, there was a search firm, but it wasn't, there are times when, depending on how in bed with these search firms you are, they basically present you like, here is your hire, right? Like you've hired us to do this. Here is, you know, this is our number one guy that we need to get a promotion. We need you to hire him. Or you can hire them to do background and, and and provide you with all the necessary information on different coaches. Um, I, Todd, I don't know that that Mick really knew Wes all that well at that point. Um, yeah, that think- didn't really start until Wes reached out to Mick yeah. at the end of the process. And the question is, um, did Mick call John C. to put in the good word for Miller? I thought it was a fantastic question for yeah, those on, um, on the audio format that- only. I don't know that uh, Mick and Wes were that connected then. I will tell you this, for a lot of you people that, that want to hate on Mick, Mick has done a lot of help behind the scenes to Wes, for Wes, on who to know in town, like who were the power players. Um, who to go Mick, get as a, as a strength coach. Yep. Fair point, Ed. Um, the, the, well, I think I think Wes asked a lot of people. <laughs> I think Wes asked a lot of people around town, who should I get as my strength coach? And everybody said, Mike Grayfeld. <laughs> well, uh, can I do that? Can I make that happen? The answer was, was yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I think that was more like once things were far along in the process, Mick and Wes connected. And I think Mick has a lot of respect for Wes. I know Mick has a lot of respect for Wes and the way he operates and the way he does things because Mick has told me he has a lot of respect for Wes and the way he operates and the way he does things. Not to name drop, but I can, I'm just saying I can confirm those things because those are conversations that I've had. Um, But I, John, by all accounts, when Wes Miller came into town, snuck into town uh, one night, uh, during the, re- the the search process, and and formally met with John Cunningham and toured everything and and, and did a, an in person interview. John Cunningham was blown away, and yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? For I good reason. Say, I mean, right? I think it makes if you, sense if you if you listen to his 
very first like his intro press conference yeah. i think he he kind of blew everybody off their feet at that point like i i was a guy that uh, on on our on ptp way back when i think maybe i was so angry about the way things were going and ending uh at the time that um, like, when did West you Miller see Isaiah Collier commented on Jizzle James? Yeah, and said tough. Yeah. With yeah. a bunch of fire emojis. Four fire emojis. But I, I was, you know, an Eric Martin guy, and I was a little bit like that that was the direction I was heading. I actually the day that it was announced, West Miller truthfully wasn't even like a guy that I was considering as somebody that they were really gonna pick. Um, so I did zero. That's because you weren't a member on Bearcat Journal at that this point. This is true. <laughs> You're right. I wasn't. Um, no. And now look at me. Um, but You're a I star. Did go, You're a fucking star, Jeff. Well, that's too kind. Um, but I think actually on the show, on, P- on, on the PTP show, uh, as I like looked into... Th- into some things and then like the announce like his press conference and everything and i was like this guy i think is the dude that's gonna gonna make things better here and it's all signs are still pointing that direction i agree like if you guys remember i went on a different podcast and said that uh, i was pulling for eric martin and uh when they uh you know, when they announced Wes Miller, I, I didn't know who he was again i was not a member of bearcat journal that time actually i think i was but i have a Back then, I had a really bad, like, habit of not checking the boards ever. Um, Color me shocked. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, Wes has blown us away. I mean, it's, he's not yelling at us, is he? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, don't th- I think I'll mute him just to be on the safe side. Yeah. I'm not sure what he's, if he's on the phone <laughs> or what's going on. But, Dad, if you can hear us, we're sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm super super pumped about everything happening right now. Basketball, football, like I was gonna actually ask um Chad and maybe I'll wait till he gets back, but with all the help, you know, that West has been getting from Mick, is it possible I'm back, that we, kinda. All right, cool. Is it possible that we get a, a one-on-one with UCLA now that these guys have become like pretty good friends? Uh, I guess I'll never say never. I, I know. It didn't go over well for UCLA last time. Well, no, I, I just know, like, knowing how knowing how Mick was, like, having to face Danny Hurley. Like, oh. he's he's not one that, like, loves being in those situations where even if you win, you kind of lose. Um, That's fair. Maybe. I wouldn't rule it out. I think down the road, maybe it would be. You know, if, if Wes gets things rolling. But, like, the thing is that anymore, um, you're talking about all these league teams are probably going to be playing 20 conference games. There's 31 games. You have 20 conference games. You're going to have uh, two or three games and an MTE. And then you're going to have another two or three games that are, like, conference challenge games. So you're looking at like 24, 25 of your 31 games are already kind of spoken for before you go into a 31-game season. It's going to be difficult to schedule a lot of these like 
you know, home and home type events that we've seen uh, in the past. That will they still? Will there still be a little bit? Yeah, but you, but you know what? If you if that's how your schedule looks, you're gonna need some wins. You're gonna need some home games where you can't afford that second year where you have to go out and like return a trip somewhere. Uh, and you're giving up a home date to make a couple, you know, a couple million dollars. Like it's um, it, the landscape as we settle into once these moves are made, once the Big Twelve is is where they're going to be, once um, the Big Ten is where they're going to be, once the SEC is where they're going to be. Like a lot of this stuff is going to be dependent on. Do they stop? Like if they stop at 18, then you're going to have a room for a game or two home and home. Chad, Chad I just want to say I'm, I'm really excited about Berg being excited again. Uh, he, he just tweeted a little oh, bit ago. He's excited. He, he texted me earlier today, like, is it happening? I was like, he, yeah, bro. He, he tweeted a video of Jizzle uh, a couple minutes ago, and I immediately responded, uh, so is Jizzle also creamy? Stop. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love Chris Lepore's video that he posted. It's just him on a, a megaphone yelling, yeah. For, for, yeah. Those, for, for, those who, for those who don't know anything about Berg, um, he calls anyone who can shoot well creamy. Um, I just wanted to put that out there. That wasn't without warrant. Yeah, it's a it's a phrase he uses that makes all of us very uncomfortable when he uses it. <laughs> Sorry, so Dan. There's the, so there's that. Yeah. That's fair. But... Fair. You know, it'd be really cool if there was like a group chat between like Ray and Jizzle and Isaiah and Paige. Like that would one of those would be pretty cool. I agree. Kind of cool. Or if any of them had ever talked about playing together, or you know, all four of them had talked about playing together. Or if they ever rode one of those banana things together in the Bahamas, talking about want to come play in Cincinnati. And we're talking about things that might actually be real, but aren't real, but are real. Maybe if they were, you know, I mean, the really banana cool. things are real. But if you want to get the best information about Bearcats and that kind of stuff, you can head over to BearcatJournal.com. And well, I'm, I'm going to have to. Um, I'm going to have to bounce out here in a few for temporarily I, I can come back i know we've blown up the format like you guys have a new format yeah for the show. We, we, we tossed that is, one out the window this week, this week is good for all the that. reasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that's what happens what what have we peaked at aaron 170. um 170 yeah. Woo! okay okay so. i like that we're, we're like currently that. floating in the 160 mid, mid mid to high 160s. I am going to, um, at some point here in the next probably 15 minutes or so, have to uh, excuse myself for a little bit to go record a nightcap. A nightcap, right? Without Aaron, uh, I will be joined by I will be joined by Steve Reese. Uh, Steve Reese is a Cincinnati native. He is the coach of the Florida Rebels AAU program. He was uh, he he accompanied Jizzle James on his visit to Cincinnati. His family is kind of legendary in Cincinnati politics. He has a lot of ties to the city. He has a really talented 2025 son that is a point guard uh, as well. But uh, I am going to uh, to record a nightcap with Steve Reese 
uh, here in a little bit uh, just to give you guys even more coverage of the Jizzle James commitment. That's good. Bearcats 12 once more. That's what we're here for. Look, there's nobody, nobody in this damn market producing as much content as Bearcat Journal is right now. Christ almighty. Aaron as executive producer, as self-proclaimed executive producer. Yeah. Aaron is well aware because sometimes I just hit him like, hey, uh, I'm thinking about doing something different this week. And he's like, oh, champ. <laughs> now that nightcap is going to go live later, right? Like it'll go After the show. get po- posted later. Posted later. Yeah, we're not going to go live. I'm gonna, we're going to record. Right. Um, and then it'll get posted later. And then I'll come back. Um, yeah. If we're still rolling along, we, we might still be rolling along then. I know you're interested in coming back mostly for the after show. The after show? Uh, well, I'll be here for the after show. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite thing of the week, uh, the the PTP after show. But again, this is a combo. Like we're we're doing this on the part of punctuation channel on YouTube, uh, which could use some follows and subscribe subscriptions, whatever. They're free, uh, and then also Bearcat Journal. If you're not uh, subscribed to this YouTube channel, make sure you click that and then yeah. like it. Maybe drop a comment, like a I don't know. Whatever you yeah. wishing wishing Jizzle well, whatever. Add some comments, blow it up. Um, this has been a fun hour of discussing that. Todd, I feel like there's a couple that I think about, but I know the one that you're referencing. <laughs> and, it's <laughs> and it's not Mother Lover. <laughs> I'm on a boat. It's not that one. <laughs> not the one with Akon either. Uh, after show jello shots. That's a Dave thing. That is a Dave thing. Uh, we'll see. If, we'll see. Uh, Jeff hasn't made it up to the, the Simone family tailgate, which I think is kind of criminal. I know. It's kind of criminal that Jeff is, you know, now the co-host of what is fastly becoming the number one podcast in the network. Uh, and he's never met Dave. The Simone person. family or done a jello shot. I know. Uh that that will be coming um as soon as my son's football season is over and isn't playing on Saturdays. Well there's what? There's three home games in November. Yeah, we're uh, we'll be at one of them. I've already reached out to Aaron because he has um tickets that sometimes he parts with. They're not I don't have any tickets. Let's keep that all well, the way real. Well my family I, has tickets. Right. And sometimes so, there are some they part with. Right. You know what I mean? And Jeff wants them. I know. <laughs> so that'll 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 be a thing probably in in November. But kids playing football comes first. All right, Chad, you go take care of business. We're get, we got. Uh, I mean, I don't have a text yet, so I can hang around until I get the text that he's all right. He's, cool. uh, he's well, in then, place. Unless you want to kick me out, then just kick me out, and I'll just hang out in the lobby. No, um, we're well, gonna roll you, into you want to roll into. Bearcat, real Rolling quick football. recap of Bearcat yeah. football. I know Chad was at the uh, presser today with Coach uh, That's not how this works. That was a loud one. That was a big one. 50. All right, I'm turning it down more. <laughs> I thought you put that at 35 or something. Yes. I thought we did it at 40. No, it's 35. Anyway. Um, Chad, you were at the presser today with Luke talking about Tulsa. 
Um, I listened to at least uh, most of well, all of Luke and uh, most of Jabari. Um, that was as far as I was able to make it today. Um, but did you find it odd? He didn't really want to talk about Tulsa at all. No, I think they just, they're done with Tulsa. They, they never want done. anything to do with Tulsa ever again. They're dirty. They're cheap. They try to drag you down into the mud and make it a street fight. Cincinnati is okay with that, um, but it's not their preferred place to be. So I think they just like, he, he was more than content with being like, look, we went in there, we got the smoke uh, on the form of fireworks that they set off for uh, the celebration of Ivan Pace making a uh, game altering play. And then uh, they got on the bus, they got on the plane and they got the fuck out of Tulsa, uh, never to return ever, ever again. Well, I thought it, for, go ahead. I was just going to move on to a different portion of uh, the presser, but if you have a follow-up, go ahead. No, I was just going to bring up a point that I brought up on, on Sunday, uh, kind of in, in reference to Chad saying never going back to Tulsa, uh, that apparently their own fans uh, don't even want to be at in Tulsa. As uh, Dan Horde was on the radio... And he was talking about like the the stadium filling up, and he's like, yeah, you know, like the UC side seems to be filling in. Like, there's some fans over there, but if you pan the camera over to the Tulsa side, I'm not sure that they realized this game was open to the public. It's like, oh, that is, that is not good. And then there were like Look, pictures that were popping up on Twitter. And Tulsa but, said they wanted the smoke. They've now gotten the smoke from the broadcaster, from the coach, from the team. Like they, they, there's no more smoke left to give to the Golden Hurricane. Um, Chad, there are, there are some. The question is, Chad, is any college athletic program in the country getting the same amount of content BCJ is putting out? Baylor comes to mind immediately. There are some, but those places also have like four, five, six full-time employees. Yeah, we're doing this uh, as a labor of love, generally. There is some money involved, but we're not at a point yet um, where I where I have like a staff and an office and things of that nature, like some of these these other places. Although I don't know that you need an office anymore. Um, I don't think we'd work well in an office anyway. I think we'd have we have way too much fun and not get anything done if we were in an office every I'd day. Have FOMO. <laughs> I'd have terrible FOMO because I wouldn't be able yeah. to be there. But, right. Uh, BCJ is Big 12 ready. That was, and Aaron can attest to this, that was the point of like, we have this year to we have, throw as much shit against the wall and see what sticks. We we have we have many 36, we have an evolving 3690 plan. Right. <laughs> you guys keep to. consuming all of it. Like the numbers are great on everything that we're doing. The other, I need you guys to do better on uh the two minute warning <laughs> on think, any format any, any format, format. Yeah. tiktok instagram i wonder if, if that is hurting her a little bit is that she's tiktok instagram youtube she's putting it on facebook like if that's spreading spreading the thin. numbers a little bit thin nothing can but you hard on one particular thing as when you're doing it and all those the numbers are out. rising. Like I'm getting notifications from TikTok and Instagram that I've never gotten. Like, hey, you're having success on this platform. Like, it is growing. And Reagan is doing a great job. 
like in the in what we want from that piece of content quick you know succinct to the point she's doing a phenomenal job on that so make sure you're adding the two minute warning uh into your your repertoire as well uh, nobody does what we do with the resources we have that is 100 back i i don't know of anywhere that's doing it the way that we're doing it and still producing um not only all of the written content but adding the audio content the video content um the social media stuff uh like all of dave's like stats and facts and numbers and stuff that he's putting on the bcj champagne uh, dreams Twitter on page. a champagne dreams on a bushlight budget yeah we're, we are killing it right now and i'm more proud of this team than i've ever been because it, you guys are getting what we always felt like, like when Aaron and I would talk, he was entering into this role when we were creating this role for him. There's a lot of stuff we can do. Like there's a lot of ability to grow this thing even bigger than we ever could have imagined. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. This audio video stuff is growing at 10 times the speed that Bearcat Journal grew. Like I'll, I'll tell you that right now. So is this where you announced that I'm now officially a partner? No, no, we're not there. Okay. Yet. All right. I didn't know. I didn't want to, you have to have a project, Ed. I, I just wanted to make sure I was going to get tissues ready. If you were going to do that, that's all I wanted to do. We need a project for Ed. We found a project for Jeff. Right. And, and Jeff not. is crushing it on that project. We got to find a project for Ed. That's how you go from affiliate to partner. This is a group project. I'm that one person who has to turn in. Yeah. 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 You're the one person that doesn't no turn one. in the assignment. Shocker. And then when I ask to turn in the assignment, you make a mockery of the assignment. <laughs> Bearcat, well, a... we, we've talked about this many, many times. Big 12 was a bigger blessing for BCJ than UC Athletics. Uh, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. I don't know that it was. We're not even there yet. We're, we're just, we're, we are feeling the love <laughs> from the Big 12 already. We're not even there yet. Not I can't it. even imagine what's going to happen when we get there. And there's there's real skin in the game, like, every week. Need a project for Tonk. Hey, Tonk, when you can eat a full pint, of, a whole pint of ice cream, then we'll, we'll talk about getting you a project. Tonk, DM me a, a 30, 60, 90 plan with, with what it is that you, you want a project of, and we'll, we'll see if it makes it to chat. <laughs> Travis asked, Chad, is there a situation where UC takes six players in the 2023 class, including two bigs? Uh, are we counting transfers? Like, it's impossible to know because we don't – they're at 13. Four are leaving. So there's room for four right now. If two of the other guys in that four that have a, a super senior year decide to move on, it's possible that, that they go six – um, if there's a trans, like there's, there's ways to get there, but again, we are so far away from understanding what that looks like because you have to see the season play out to understand where the, the, the puzzle pieces change, what, what puzzle pieces maybe didn't fit and you got to trade that out for a new puzzle piece. Like that's, that's how things work now. Um, do I think there's a place for a center and a power forward? Yeah. I, do they take both Florian and Samto if they reclassify? 
I, I think that would be difficult because it, it, those are both fives. And you already have Sage, who they, they've been really, really impressed with. Uh, you will have Vic going into his upperclassman years. There's a potential for Odie to come back. Do I see them taking two fives in this class? I think would be difficult. Like, it, like if both of those guys reclassify, you take one of them with Arrington Page, who is can play the five, can play the four. I think there's a place for that. Um, I don't know that there's a place for two, two fives. It, it just it puts a lot of stress on somebody's going to have to go right. Like, and, and I don't think Wes is looking to put that kind of stress in his locker room. If you have four guys, if you have Vic as a five, Sage as a five, and then you had Santo and Flory as fives, you have four guys for one position. That's a tough thing to do to the roster. Tonk, I told you, we, I need a 30, 60, 90 plan. <laughs> Goodness. I don't even know. How, I, so we have I, to read that. That's it like a fantastic Tonk suggested idea, TNT, Tonk and Tequila. I go to every opposing team tailgate in the Big 12 next year and interview different drunk people and ask them what they think about the game. In Cincinnati, lots of hot takes. Tonk, I was with you for all of about, I don't know, three hours of our life total. You, and and I almost witnessed you get into a fight, not not on not on his not on Tonk's accord, but because some other dude just wanted to fight him. And uh he almost got in trouble for going out with his girlfriend. So I don't know how that would work if you're going to do Tonk and Tequila and go visit people's tailgates. Um that said, let's let's get back to football though. Okay, I, sorry. Dude, I mean, it, it is what it is. Like, you got to read the room. People want to talk about what yeah. they want to talk about. Do you remember? This has turned into an ad hoc mailbag, and I'm yeah, okay with talk it. About basketball. Well, when you have 170 people in the room. Well, we're down to 145. Uh, Some, only 145. Something tells, me, 145. something tells me I rewatched the game today uh, for no good reason. Probably. Uh, Daniel brings up when, uh, when you do go to the Big 12 next year, we have media members from other schools. And I don't know if you mean like, uh, I would just like, like, like visiting into the podcast because like we, we have always been open to sure. hearing out anybody's like point yep. of view or sure. bouncing things back and forth. Having, you know, I, I think this would be a really good place for that potentially. I, I appeared on a Texas Tech one. So we, we have some people from Texas Tech that I could easily do a, a home and home, if you will. Um, I joined some big, uh, some large Big Twelve uh, Facebook groups, so I can try to find some uh, different Big Twelve podcasts out of there that we can we can connect with. <laughs> My donation Colin. to get TNT off the ground. <laughs> Collins buying the cheapest the Collins buying the cheapest bottle of tequila available. For well, that's the only way that could happen. Like you're not doing expensive te tequila for TNT. I'm not sure that yeah. Tonk does cheap tequila. Um, is it the Big 12 Big East there Challenge is a Big or a different Big conference? East challenge. Um, that, there's a Big 12 SEC Challenge also, I believe. Um, so, yeah. Um, how certain are we that Santo and Flory are reclassifying? We're not. Like, it, it's just things that are possible. Um, we, we talk about things that are possible. So, it's possible. It's, it's certainly more possible tonight. Well, it's certainly more possible, I think, because we are now looking at um, 2024 changing 
NBA draft eligibility. So if you can get Ed, you look surprised. I had the timer going and it just went off. Oh. But okay. Um, if you can get a year of college in 2023 and then go to the NBA in 2024, that would be better hypothetically than the guys that are just going straight out of high school uh, in 2024. So uh, the math is changing. The situation is changing. It's going to depend on how the people advising those kids uh, and around those kids handle those situations. Um, I'm not certain of anything. That's it. just it, it, when you, when you work in this world, you can't be really certain of anything until it happens. Aaron can attest like he's gotten to see a little bit of how the sausage is made. We'll talk about one thing on Monday and it's different by Thursday. Yeah. Completely different by Thursday. That's why there's a lot of stuff that I, you know, you don't make public right away because it's still developing. I'm sure there's stuff that you don't even tell me because, well, I know there's stuff you don't tell me. There's stuff I don't tell it. There's stuff I don't tell Kelly. Kelly doesn't talk to anybody. (laughs) (laughs) In any case, um, we need to give Victor. Yeah. That's not happening. I'm just no. I dude, that guy's amazing. Like he was like, Look, he's man, a freak. There's nobody this, I've ever seen like Victor Webinyama. He he was like, uh, the, he was talking about the number two player in his class, and he was like, that guy's really good. If I didn't exist, like He'd he would number deserve one. to be number one. <laughs> yep. Oh, I love it. Um. So, I guess we can get back to football then. Um, what I had wanted to talk about from the presser was when coach was asked about staying at Cincinnati and the fact that he has. I can't hear you. The sound was finishing. So better. It wasn't absurd. Um, that's our format. Sorry to the people who are just joining PTP for the first time. Um, I didn't really mean that was just a joke. Go ahead. I I get it. Tonight's all thrown off. It is that. Um, but he talked about the fact that he's, you know, staying and was, it was asked about the other coaches, you know, that the teams that have started firing coaches around the collegiate landscape right now and how, what kind of effect that's had on the players over the course of these, what, six years now. Um, and I was just kind of astounded, like, He's clearly thought about it. Sure. How can how can you not? Yeah. As as you see, you know, Scott Frost get fired from his alma mater as that came up, you know, and you see um, Colorado this week fired their coach, and I believe they they're winless still. Um, they're the worst like Power Five team right now. Colorado and Colorado State, yeah. Colorado State's not Power Five. Like in terms of like teams in a major conference, yeah, they're the worst. They're just so bad. They're the only team that hasn't won a game, right? Um, well, and, and like how like it's one thing to not win a game; it's another thing to just be dreadful. They are dreadful. Not where you want to be. Um. <laughs> Tonka, these are that's where we put the kids like crayons and coloring books and stuff. That's all that's back there. Um, 
But I don't know, just the way that he thought about that question and reflected on that question, just clearly it means a lot to him, not just to stay at Cincinnati, but to what it means to the kids to have that type of um, just longevity of coaching and to know the difference that he's making for these kids in their collegiate careers with regards to not rocking the boat and ending up with a new coach next year because he decided to leave. Um, he's If he leaves Cincinnati, clearly it's going to be on his terms, not at least at, at this point. I can't, I can't imagine a scenario where Cincinnati fires him. Never, ever. Even in Big 12, like I, I like I think you'd have to pile together a couple of less than five win seasons in the Big 12 for them to be like, let's look at this coach. Right? I mean, he's also at a point where like, and we've talked about this over the past two years or so, he's just comfortable and is like he's comfortable being Luke. You go somewhere else, you're going to have to reestablish that. Right. You're going to have to like learn the lay of the land, learn the donors, learn who the power players are, who who you can, you know, have a little fun with and who you can't. Like, and as you bring as you bring that up though, like that's another thing that you have to deal with in other places is the power players having too much power compared to the coach where I don't think you run into that so much in Cincinnati as you do in some other players where or other other you can places. I'm sorry, you can. Um, I, the the thing I would say about Luke is I don't think that would matter much anywhere he went because of who he is. Like I think boosters want to be um, coddled to an extent. They also want to feel like they're dealing with somebody that's genuine. And Luke erases any doubt about that almost the minute that you meet him. So I think he would like, I, I think he would be able to handle that because of his personality and who he is. Until you have somebody throwing dumb money at in a Texas situation or. Yeah, but he's smart enough to like, you know, buddy, navigate buddy, the waters. Navigate yeah, the water. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's not going to like, align himself against somebody that's like a major pl power player in that right. situation. Like, he, I don't just, just really interesting to no, me. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm just saying like, we talk about his personality so much. I think it's fair to say he's somebody that like, because of who he is, no matter what the situation, I think he would be able to like navigate through it. If that, I guess, I guess in my head at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the job he had after Cincinnati isn't an NFL job as opposed to another collegiate job. That's a fair point, Aaron. Very fair point, Aaron. I don't know that he comes off as a guy that would really want to go to the NFL necessarily. I think but... He wants to impact 18 to 22 year olds. I don't think. I think my, my, my larger point is I don't know that he's leaving Cincinnati anytime soon for anywhere. I, I, I agree with that. I, I know he's listened to the NFL. I know the NFL is called. Um, Browns. I would I, no Eagles would have gone into a pretty damn good situation looking at where the Eagles are right now. A solid point as well. Nice little uh, Bearcat reunion there. Um, nice little nugget drop there. <laughs> That's never come up anywhere else. Yeah, wasn't expecting. They, that I mean, they were interested. I, I don't know that it went very far, but they reached out. 
Um, I think that some Eagles people have put that out that he was a name that was. I haven't um, heard or seen that anywhere, but of interest to them. Intriguing. Um, maybe send a message into like, the. They uh, do love some Bearcats on Heights there. podcast. I always thought maybe like Vrabel or somebody would have like. But Vrabel is a guy that wants to deal with men. Like that's no. Like, I mean, like uh, I, I'm. I don't know if maybe like Vrabel reached out at some point as like as far as like bringing him to like. DC like that's something. where like that's kind of where I yep. would expect maybe like an NFL like route to be. Like working for Vrabel? I don't think he's gonna go anywhere. I mean, I don't think he would I don't think he you know what I mean? Like that that would kind of be I don't know what you mean. Yeah, okay, you don't know what I mean. What I'm saying is his ticket into the NFL there, if there was like I mean, no other like Right, would be like moving into like possibly as like a a coordinator there nah. and then moving but i don't think he wants to go to the nfl period so like as a retirement gig going in as a, like a defensive coordinator is what i'm saying like 20 years from now yeah okay <laughs> like if, that, if that was now and i realize that that because i don't think it happens ever i just think that he's like like you said wants to impact kids Help them grow and achieve what they yeah. need to achieve and continue on because where he's at, he can impact that kind of thing. If you're in the well, NFL, like, you're not impacting that stuff. Here's the other thing I think like, I think Luke values, uh, of course, it's all up to Amy. She I was about to say that same reason. thing. If you've ever met Amy, you understand why. She's like an amazing, Amy, she's incredible person. human being. Um, I think Luke places she's scared an incredible. She's intimidating. <laughs> if you don't like it, if you don't know her to run, she runs a multi-million dollar corporation. When so. she's in the corner of the room, I'm minding all of my P's and Q's. <laughs> she, she, she works for corporate. Um, no, she just the is in corporation. I in, right. She's in right, the right, press conference saying it. I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I got you. Um, I think Luke really values Brady and in the NFL, you don't like the strength guy in the NFL isn't what it is in college. It's a completely different position. Tell Luther's dad that. He did not understand that. He he learned. <laughs> uh it's it, it's it, read between the lines, Josh. I haven't seen Pete Thamel include Luke on any of his candidate list uh even um it's a possibility it, it's because he knows he's not going he's not just going somewhere to go somewhere it's what we've talked about for a long time years <clears throat> he's not taking another job just to take another job for for the hell of it he he really genuinely sees the challenge of what he's building here and sees the ability to to make this something that lasts like he doesn't just so, talk about making uc a top 10 program just because he wants to talk about it right he doesn't talk about anything just because he wants to talk about it right that's fair that's luke vickle and if you want all of the information if you just head over to bearcatjournal.com and click the subscribe <laughs> button it's not really that expensive and it's worth it Jeff's dropping them tonight. He is, he is out here just Jeff. making sure the people know. Like, subscribe to this channel to pardon the punctuation. 
to Twitch. Ed, you got a Twitch? You want to promote your Twitch tonight? No, not tonight. No. Okay. I'm not allowed to stream yet in my, in my community, so. Don't you play Madden? He does oh, that we, on the we do the, the we do Mark. The... Yeah, I do Madden on the part of the punctuation YouTube page. This is very true right here too. I I, I don't. I mean, huh? yeah. No, it's actually very true. It is very true. It was, right after our old was. coach told us all to get jobs and called us bums. I think. I think. I think what people don't know is uh, Aaron was actually the student that uh, Tuberville was yelling at. I That's wish. fair. I wish. <laughs> Aaron was the student. Aaron's also I, the guy who flies drones over. I didn't even go to UC. I went to Wright State. We've talked oh, about this. Oh, th this is a this is a fair question. And <laughs> once Chad gets back, he might have a different. He can hear. He, he can uh, hear. Yeah, uh, he can hear. Will wants to know: Does Luke go to Notre Dame if it wasn't for the Big Twelve announcement? Big Twelve announcement. I don't think had anything to do with it. Hmm. I, I think the the real question there is: Does Luke go to Notre Dame if Cincinnati was not in the college football playoff? That that that's a what if game that you can always play because there there was always the the does Brian Kelly leave to go to Notre Dame if UC is in the national championship game that year? What we learned is Luke Fickle did not go to Notre Dame, and Cincinnati was in the college football playoff. Correct. Not we don't know if it's because Cincinnati was in the college football playoff. What we know is he took a million plus dollar raise from John Cunningham and put it in his briefcase because didn't look at didn't, it didn't didn't look at it because he didn't want any distractions on his team chasing a national championship he took a million plus dollar raise from John Cunningham said thank you sir put it in his briefcase and said I'll get back to you after the season and then John Cunningham after the season had to come back to him and go remind him. Hey, remember that million dollar raise I gave you that put your put in your briefcase? And Luke was like, "Oh yeah, that." I guess you probably signed it. I guess. <laughs> but it, who knows what how that all plays out if Cincinnati ends up fit and and they're going to an, a New Year's Six bowl, but it doesn't. Yeah, I'm glad we don't live in that timeline. Yep. We yeah, did not it. live that timeline. We, we lived the timeline where Luke Fickle is a man of his word. His word was, I'm not entertaining anything until this team is done with its journey. And that anything included taking a million plus dollar raise from the school he was at. It's like saying that's how much a man of his word Luke Fickle is. What if we live in a timeline where those heels belonged? Amy. Yeah, they were to the compliance chick, and I, I think that's where things went horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Some well folks played. may have picked up on that. Well played. Yeah. I, I had it. <laughs> oh, no um, way. But so instead, I guess... Michigan State has maybe jumped the gun and <laughs> dropped, oh. dropped the bag on a not-so-good situation. So outside of the press conference, um, Ed, I know you watched the game. Jeff, I know you talked about the game on Sunday. I talked about the game last night. Uh, but are there any other takeaways that you had from the Tulsa game just to make sure that Ed 
did have reason for watching the game. No, I mean, I think we all saw what happened, right? It it was a good game up until, what, the seven-minute mark of the third quarter when it was 31-21, and from there, nobody scored. And unfortunately, uh, you know, Tulsa tried to make their way back. Um, it was a very physical game. I mean, super physical. I think there's some stupid fouls, um, call, penalties called, but it's not soccer. Sorry. I know. Thank you. Um, I think there's some stupid penalties called. Um, <laughs> the targeting was not targeting. Um, but I mean, like, like, like Luke said, fucking over Tulsa. I don't know that those were his words, but I, that's what he wanted to say in his head. Those, he had to be more professional. I think those it. were. I think those were actually Chad's words, paraphrasing what he said. But, um, I don't know, Jeff. Do you have anything more to add on what you talked about on Sunday? Uh, I mean, it, check my notes. I did send Chad a message earlier, and because he he sent me a thing and said you're a professional podcaster now, and I said maybe semi pro because I did write down a note on. A, from the game that I wanted to talk about because I actually thought it was a, a well-designed play, which I'm now hearing is one that they've employed in the past, or at least a, a version of. The um, Joseph Deguara. Yeah, that one. So yeah. like I I like I watched it and I rewatched it and I was like, man, that I really like that play design. Um for those that don't know, it's the uh the the play where it was a play action. And Bryant looks off into the flat at uh, at Jaden Thompson, the corner bit on it, and Tyler Scott was wide open uh, on a go route, and it was uh, it was a touchdown, sixty one yard touchdown. Uh, I wanted to bring it up and talk about it Sunday, but David, I'm I it up. Do. Give, me, give me a second, I'm pulling it up. Okay, uh, Justin, uh, I know that's where I'm at. Um, I was looking uh, at my notes. I did have one other note. Um, I went to a youth uh, football game here in Milford on Saturday. Um, and there were more fans there than there was at the Tulsa game. Here's a here's a question I want to throw your your guys way. Is are you concerned at all about this team scoring in the second half? I know we had talked about Chad and I had talked about them needing to start early more more often, but now I find that scoring in the second half when you score early is 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 starting to be a concern. You want to go first, Ed? I mean, yeah, it's it's absolutely a concern because, like, I mean, you see it in so many games where momentum is built in the second half, and you know, if another team goes on a run and we can't and we can't score in the second half, I mean, yeah, it's absolutely a concern. Um, but I don't know. I yeah, I, I just it's it's Tulsa. Here's here here's the the play. I did find it. I am bringing it up right now. Uh, I'll talk about. It. I mean, I, I'm not really too concerned about it. Um, I think that there's thing. To be honest with you, I, I think that UC is kind of working just kind of through some things to see really where everything's going to fall. Um, look, they're they're not going to always be able to go routes every other every other play and score 38 points and a half and then back it up in the second half that way um i know it comes down to some of your key points aaron uh that you make on your on the uh, nightcap on fridays uh take care of the ball just take care of the ball run yeah. the clock out in the second half that's what's got to be and not be like super exciting football there i'm okay with it just get the win i agree here. with francis here uh that one of the key takeaways 
uh, was that the run defense was much improved versus Tulsa compared to last year. So here's the play, Jeff, that you were wanting to see. Yeah, it's a great play design. I mean, it's gonna, it's probably gonna hey, producer, make that bigger. It's probably gonna buffer a lot, but if you notice, uh, Jaden Thompson throws his hands up in celebration even before I believe even before the pass is thrown. Wasn't right there a the play? Wasn't there a play just like that ran for Travis Kelsey in a bowl game? Uh, maybe. I feel like I, don't know. I feel like there was. I was worried if I made it bigger, it would buffer more. But she good. said, "I don't think that's how that works." I mean, it's not super smooth, but everybody gets the point there. Jaden Thompson comes across the middle uh, into the flat corner bit on it, and Tyler Scott was wide open. So, I believe Chad is going to uh, step away for now. He's got to record his. Um, Nightcap for tonight. That's gonna go. It'll go live uh, probably a little bit later after they record it and get it posted. Um, Again, he's with the AAU coach for Jizzle James, um, Steve Reese. I think was it Steve? Steve Reese. So that that'll get posted later. I'm sure that will be you know a very interesting conversation to listen to. Um, Those of you who are sticking around, we do appreciate it. Um, Even though that our fearless leader is is not here. we're good too. That all said, um, Ed, did you have any other takeaways from the game? I mean, obviously, you, you went back and watched the game. I know you were watching FC Mid-Cincinnati lose another one. Oh. Actually, that was their first loss since July. So if you want to say another one, that, that's fine. Whatever. They had more than one loss, did they not? Fair. And moving on from that. Um, <laughs> we, for those of you that are sticking around, we typically uh, devote a little bit of a, a kind of a, a timeline to each topic and then it gets blown up like that um kind of like it, it was an homage to pardon the punctuation or, or i'm sorry pardon, pardon, the, pardon the interruption yeah. where we stole the name so hard there uh, so we're we are live on our channel and we'll probably be on bearcat journal every tuesday night now as well um, yep. simulcasting as it were um i know a lot of you jumped in for the uh the jizzle james commitment and talk and then turned it into an ad hoc little uh, mailbag, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was a lot of fun, actually. We've cruised across. I know Aaron and I have beat the UC Tulsa game to death uh, across a couple of podcasts and nightcaps oh, and, and the like over the last few days. We talk about all things Cincinnati sports here. Even uh, Ed gets his FC Cincinnati talk in. So if you want to jump over to I mean, part of the real quick, though, YouTube let's, if we, we just touch on it for one second. Uh, uh, FC Cincinnati. Um, yes, they did lose on Saturday night. It's fan appreciation night. It was electric. Electric. I think Bob Castling, you should go check that out sometime. It was electric in that place. Um, unfortunately, they did lose, uh, but also Orlando City lost on Sunday. Um, so that does mean that if we win on Sunday, um, we are we are in the playoffs for the first time in MLS history. Well, our history in the MLS. So check out the game on Sunday. We've got some dogs out there, some players. So there it is. I was done anyways. Uh, Will, uh, as far as Will Pauling goes, um, have we heard anything? I, I expect it to still be another, at least another week or two. Um, 
if not longer than that. Um, and Francis, to follow up, yes, Davis Brin is a tough son of a bitch. Uh, that dude should have – he limped off the field. Dog. That's a rightfully... guy that's the guy that you want on your team, right? I mean, that's the one thing Tulsa has going for them. Like, if you're a Tulsa fan, dude limped off the field. Like, he gave that team everything he had. He rightfully could have he not could be started that game. And I don't think you could fault him because he was clearly hurting. Uh, Dave and I talked about it. Like, with the, the, the pass rush that we got and his inability to move, he... It caused a lot of issues. I mean, 11 sacks, countless quarterback hurries, and mistakes that were made back there. I don't know if it's a more competitive game if they run out the the other kid. Um, unfortunately, don't, I think it's Braxton, Braylon Braxton. Is that his name, Aaron? Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, but yes, all the way back to your point, Francis. He is a, a tough individual, and kudos to him for suiting up and getting out there and just getting obliterated play after play and getting back up for some more. Speaking of getting obliterated, uh, we go back all the way to Thursday night and the Bengals brought out the white helmets and Tua Tagovailoa got obliterated. And, and that was since the last podcast, wasn't it? I, I, it was. Yeah, we do this every Tuesday. So yeah. going, going back to Thursday night on the Bengals. Good game. Um, I don't want to get too in the weeds on this game as it's, I mean, we're like six days, seven, five, five days removed. I don't know what, whatever yeah. we're at. We, we are far removed from that game. That said, we still got to talk about it. Cause that's what we do here. Um, Tua got destroyed. And I want to know what your thoughts are. As we have now seen the NFL is still investigating them, putting him back into the game on Sunday prior and him playing on Thursday and have now fired the neurologist who completed the exam on that Sunday, uh, who was not employed. I don't, I don't know. Uh, how they, it was like, he, like, he like contracted the through the NFL PA. Right. So <laughs> T when noticing the open hole in your wall, Ed, and concern is, for your, yeah, that is that, for your safety and well-being. That, that's been there for many years. I covered it up with a picture once. Um, you know, I just got to get a plate to put over it. And um, it's been about five years. I haven't moving on. Um, Thank you for the concern, though. But but what do you what do you think about Tua playing? What do you think about? I don't think that, that there was anything malicious or dirty with the hit. It was simply a football no. play. It was absolutely um, not malicious. It looked worse in real time than it did in replay. The replay, it looked like a normal play, but in real yeah. time, my goodness. I mean, in, in the replay, it looked like his head whipped hard, like hard. I didn't think that it looked all that bad until, like, live, it obviously did because yeah. the camera angle made it look like I thought his hand, like, I thought he got snapped over and, like, rolled over his, his fingers, and I thought his fingers were all broken. Um, which the uh, UK quarterback Will Levis, his finger actually was uh, 100% sideways. Oh it was awful, and they taped him back up, and he went back in. Um, it was bad. So, like, I thought that's what happened, and then realized like he's not moving at all, and that both of his hands are in that like frozen state, 
kind of thing. It, if you watch uh, the, well, the game Rachel, the week Rachel, before, Rachel is a pharmacist, has a doctorate in medicine, and she said, uh, "Yeah, that's a stinger, and that is him having a seizure, and that's right. what's causing his hands to do, do that 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 horrible, horrible thing." It was I mean, like terrifying. I'm I'm super glad that he was able to get to to UC Hospital like UC yeah. works miracles. I've seen it before. Um, not that he necessarily needed a, a miracle, Ryan Shazier. but you know they they took good care of him. Uh, you never want to see somebody get hurt in any kind of like you know fashion that it's going to like you know live with them forever. Right. If you saw the week before, and everybody I'm sure that is in here that has any. I don't know. Knowledge of football has seen the highlight from the week before. Fencing posture, yes. That's that's they, they mentioned the that finger. in the broadcast. Yeah, yeah the, the they mentioned there. that in the broadcast. But if you saw like the week before, he couldn't walk. He was a wobbly tear. Anytime somebody, same as Stokes, now, Stokes, the receiver yeah, from, was, from the, the Tulsa game, it was the same exact thing that he played. Yes through the same thing with the wobbly legs and the, I can't walk like it, like Tua a normal gets, person to gets hit the week before goes down, tries to stand up, looks like a baby deer. That's what I always put it back to. He looked like a baby deer. He couldn't get his legs underneath him. He had it to be off the field. They yeah. put him back in that game. Yeah. Ridiculous. Then on a short week, he's right back out there. And I will tell you this, my nine year old son looked at me at the beginning of the game because like we had kind of talked about it and like he's he plays football and he's kind of like he's a, he gets a little overly concerned on some things so he, you know we're talking Terrified about concussions like we're talking about he said at the beginning of the game dad if Tua gets sacked he's going to be out of the game because that concussion is going to come back I'm really glad that that's what he said to you and yeah, not it was, like him well I was worried that he was like putting things together and gears moving and dad could that happen to me well, he he's asked those things. And I, the, we, I mean, we talk about it. it's it's a very real thing. He plays football. He knows that he could get hurt playing football. Um, but that's why we that's why we learn to tackle. That's why we learn to do things the right way. Um, and if there's any injury that happens, like you know, I told him flat out, like if you get hit in a game and you can't stand up afterwards, like well, and that's you're where not going back in. That's where fake John Goble is right now. If you get up looking like you just took a shot from Tyson, you should not be allowed back on the field. End of story. Uh, that's they were talking about this in the at halftime, and they talked about it again in the post game. That same game where they have spotters throughout the crowd sitting in the stands to watch for these types of things that maybe they aren't seeing on the field because they have just different viewpoints, right? To, to where they're looking for these types of things. I don't know how you have all of these firewalls in place and it still goes through happened. it still goes through all of these processes and that at some point somebody has to be culpable and i don't think it's just the neurologist who said it's okay for well, okay let's let, let, let's be honest that that's the scapegoat that they're gonna sure. hope that they're gonna hope to ride it's the whipping this, this wave yes, out right percent and if he did make the that call whatever and, and You've got people on Twitter that are did like, he, but did he oh make that God, call? Like, did like, he you're not call a doctor. Just, did he make that call just on paper, or did he make that call because somebody else in that tent was telling him he had to make that call? Right. Like we, don't, we that, don't know these things. Tua. Right. I mean, look, players, especially at that level, are not going to say 
okay, put me on the bench. They're not going to protect no. themselves. There's a there's a going podcast. Back the kid, going back to the kid from Tulsa, Stokes went back in. He went back in after his hit, which looked even worse than the Tua hit. He like he was You're even not, like wobblier. You have, take, you have to take people's helmets. You've got to, and this goes all the way back to. And I know this is a Cincinnati podcast, and we don't talk in any kind of good light about the Steelers. But there's a there's a clip from I believe it's the I Am Athlete podcast with Ryan Clark and and uh, and Mike Tomlin are in there and they're talking about a game in Denver because Ryan Clark has sickle cell and yeah. the first time they played there he almost died. He the, did. And the, he never played there again. The second like the next game that they went there, he had a team of doctors tell Mike Tomlin he's good to go. We've checked everything out. He'll be fine. All is well, and Mike Tomlin said, "I don't care what you bring to me. You aren't playing. You, uh, we're not going. You're not going to play there." Oddly enough, I mean, this is a complete side note, and I don't expect you to have an answer, and I, I don't expect anybody to have an answer. But knowing that that is a prevalent disease among the African American community, if he doesn't have an African American coach, I don't know that that same call is made. I would agree with that. That's fair. But the thing is, is you hope that it would be made. You hope sure, that these coaches I have no confidence. Level, in any, from, I have no confidence in any coach among the NFL, especially because from, your your job it, is not their, jobs on, their job is always connected to, to wins and losses. They're Every connected week. to wins and losses. Yep. And if it's one of your best players, it's probably pretty hard for you to to make that call. But you would hope that any coach from a Kiwi level to a professional level is going to look at a player and say, this is not a good situation for you. I'm taking your helmet. And that didn't happen for Tua. And I don't care. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, any, but I can tell when I see somebody that's stumbling across the field and can't stand back up. That is a professional athlete and can't get their own feet underneath them. After they take a shot, you don't need to go back on the field. You're, getting paid, too, we, you're getting paid regardless. We've seen too much. We know too much now. It's not worth it. Don't do it. Keep them out of the game. If it happens to Joe Burrow, if it happens to any any T Higgins, you know, mix any of the guys that we've got on our team here, they don't play. And you have to. And I get it. Like some fans might like blow, be like, "Oh, you got to be tough." It's not about that. This is a sport. It's a kids' game. It's something that. They're out there playing. It's not worth giving up the rest of your life over because you go back out there and take, you know, they keep talking about the, like the second shot syndrome or whatever it is. Second mm -hmm. hit syndrome. Like it's not good. So switching gears, cause we could talk about this for, we're uh, already yes, we at an hour just, 55. Just real quick. T Gwen. I, I, I fixed T win T win. Sorry. I fixed the, uh, I fixed the whole situation. Good job. I covered it up with a graded Kenya Martin card. Of course you did. He expects you to have his jock strap there next time. Um, Sorry. In any case, signed, of course. Um, in any case, uh, going back to the Bengals game, though, 27-15 was the final score. And uh, the last thing I want to ask about is we talked at length a couple weeks ago, even last week, about this offensive line. Offensive line is starting to get things in place and now that we're in week four and week three crazy that they're finally starting to gel together this goes back to our point 
obviously you don't want to see an injury happen, and that hasn't happened yet. Put them together in the preseason. So snaps. Real quick, Mm -hmm. I I had that in my notes. I have this in my notes as well. Um, Yes, they're gelling together to protect Joe Burrow. Two sacks in two weeks? Yeah. They're gelling together to protect Joe Burrow, but is it them or is it uh, Mixon in the running game that we can't get going? I think those are two different questions. Yes. Mixon did have a meeting with the offensive line. That was put out today. Yep. We'll see what comes of that. I guess I want to get back to the fact that this line should have played together in the preseason. I don't know what they were doing. We talked about it, I think, every show since the season started that they weren't. They're not ready. You take all these pieces and you put them together, and on paper, they're supposed to be like a, you know, functioning we, offensive line and they we clearly about, just they weren't comfortable like we, where they're at we talk all the time about uc being day one ready for football for basketball when they move to the big 12 you want your offensive line for a professional football team to be day one ready not hey this is the first time we played together guys let's go right uh, crypt keeper brings up a great point that we really don't have time to get into mixon has apparently been tipping uh, that's been something that's been flying around on Twitter. Uh, he's been tipping when he has been on a running play as opposed to a pass play. Or play. Mm. He's, he's uh, the way he the way he's setting up. He's either standing straight up or they're allowing the forward. other team to steal yeah. signs. Ed, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Thank you. I just wanted I wanted to make sure you got it. You seemed confused. You had that so, confused look. Well, at first I'm, I was confused, but then I I understood. A couple petrified. things to round this off. I love the white helmets. I, I've heard from some people that For they sure. want that they want them like permanent. I don't agree with that. No. I, they have to be like a you know a, a one two three off during the season. Yes. It's nice to like get that little change up. Whatever it, the atmosphere there appeared to be much like a college football atmosphere. Uh, Dave and I talked about it on on Sunday. They were making each game like its own event. It's not just this like hey let's let's go watch the game. They're kind of theming things out. That's amazing. Um, and I think the Bengals are on the, the upswing here. Okay, All last the AFC thing, North teams lost. Go ahead. Are last you, thing I want to bring up before we move on from the Bengals, I feel like you were kind of putting a nice little bow on it. So I, I did want to bring up, uh, I want to ask you guys real quick, um, are you concerned that we have played three backup quarterbacks and have one win, or I'm sorry, four backup quarterbacks, right? We have... No, three. No, three. Teddy, we have uh, Joe Flacco. We have, well... Oh, yeah, that's right, because he was technically the... Yeah, that's a good point. Trubisky is now a backup. Yeah. I I can't imagine him starting next week. So we have now played four backup quarterbacks. Because we always play worse against backup quarterbacks. Are you... you, And to be honest, I didn't know Teddy Bridgewater was the backup quarterback down there. And And when they trotted him out on the field, I was like... I mean, it's not like there's really, I don't think, much drop-off there. Uh, it doesn't concern me. He's been okay. successful in Cincinnati before. Let's just yeah. say that. Right. We're so you I, uh, I, I, I think it is it is what it is. I mean, everybody's... It's like when people complain about the white helmets for the UC Bearcats. Like, I, right, I think just, it's a non-issue. I wanted to know if the, you, you were concerned at all that they've now play, played four backup quarterbacks and have yeah. two wins to show for it outside of... Hey. First place in the AFC North. Fair Although enough. I think the Browns maybe hold the tiebreaker or right. whatever. Moving on. Do your thing, Ed.
That signals the start of the lightning round. I don't see anything right now. Well, I'm gonna, in the lightning round. No, I'm going to jump off with one that I have on the top right, of my head right now. And that is the Aaron Judge cut-ins on any and every other sporting event that's going on. Do we care? No. 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 Like, Thanks, John, fake John Goebel. If you were watching other baseball games, do the cut-in on other baseball games. If you're watching football, you don't need to cut in with that. It's not helping ratings. What what is it doing? You're pissing people off. They're not there to watch. If they want to watch the Yankees game, they'd watch the Yankees game. I'm glad we're on the same page because I hate it and I love baseball. But I was well, I was watching the Tulane game. Shocker. Uh, but when they were, it was funny when they were driving down at the end of the game. And I know it's not one that like moves the needle much. But when they were driving down at the end of the game, they're almost the entirety of their two minute drill was in silence in half the screen because uh, Aaron Judge was taking a uh, an intentional walk. Hit me, Ed. So there was a home run hit tonight by Aaron Judge. By, <laughs> anyway. By if you're Aaron, about to talk about him, if you're about to talk about Hample. I was going to say that he didn't catch it. He said he, he complained on Twitter that the seat, the ticket was too much. It was 22,000, 22,000. All right. Sorry about you. I'm glad it wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. 2200. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, I don't care. Look on I, Jeff's I, face. Just, yeah. just, just happy it wasn't Zach Campbell who caught the ball because fuck that guy. Yeah, we don't like Zach Campbell. I got, I got, a, I got another one, though. Go, Go for it. The Reds lost 100 games. How did they lose tonight? 100 games officially today. Uh, the only shining star to come out of this season for the Cincinnati Red, well, maybe not the only one, but the biggest, brightest shining star. Yeah, I went past the buzzer because F your buzzer right now. Hunter Green is going to be a dude. And I look forward to seeing just some of the young pieces flourish and develop before we trade them off because we can't afford to keep any of them because this ownership group sucks. Okay. All I'm going to say is in my lightning round ender here is Pardon the punctuation, YouTube channel. Go like, subscribe, drop some comments. Bearcat Journal, go like, subscribe, drop some comments. It helps us all out. Uh, we've been doing this for a while. We cover all the Cincinnati sports on this. I know there's probably a ton of people who have never even seen any of our faces. Um, we, we appreciate really, you sticking around. We yeah. do. Uh, it, it, it's one of those <laughs> nights where we kind of jumped off of our new, uh, format. new format that yes. we do. Show is definitely we, longer than it normally is. We've been trying to cut things down at an hour and a half. Um, I appreciate everybody that has stopped by, the, everybody that was making comments, asking questions, little ad hoc uh, mailbag that we had going there for a minute uh, means a lot. Uh, go over to bearcatjournal.com. Like, I know it's kind of been made into a joke, but go over to bearcatjournal.com. It is the premier place to get anything Bearcats related. Uh, there's also even a little message board there. Uh, called the banks and you can talk about anything you want to talk about on there that's related to cincinnati um there's that's tons of great people on there. right that's largely where part of the punctuation lives um Ooh, but be- everybody gets in there they talk about everything i mean you can bounce ideas off oh. people have little arguments do what you want to do i got one and, more i got one more and, in the lightning round aaron it's might true. have another one in the lightning round but i'm just letting you know head over to the uh part of the punctuations youtube throw a, a subscription that way uh, Tuesday nights we're live. We'll probably be simulcasting now for 
for the the duration. Um, but we appreciate everybody for stopping by. Speaking and, of the banks, I might out. I might be posting some cool uh, Bearcat memorabilia on there uh, for sale tomorrow. <laughs> and that's Ed. Go ahead, Aaron. What's your final? Uh... Oh, I blanked. Oh, Why did you, it took so long. I did. Wasn't me. It was. Get us out of here, Aaron. Oh, um, no bum. I was gonna say there's no bum of the week. You should treat like a damn bum. You know that bum. A bum. You are a bum. You're a bum. And that's all you'll ever be. A bum. Well, that hurts, man. Bum of the week. What you got? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with Drake or Jake Runyon and Chase Kaminsky. If you don't know those two names, there are two fishermen who were in a fishing tournament uh, here in Ohio this week, and uh, you know because they couldn't catch big enough fish, they went ahead and put lead weights in their fish, um, and they were caught. And apparently, this isn't the first time they've been caught. It's just well, this isn't the first time they've been accused. This is just the first time they've actually fish fillets in the fish. Caught. Yeah, they were putting walleye fish fillets inside that fish. That was nice of them. Um, but apparently of last year, they were accused of cheating, and they were able to somehow pass. They failed two lie detectors, but passed three. So they're like, oh, okay, you're fine. But, uh, you know, they're bums. How's that, how's that work, Jeff? How does uh, that work? It doesn't. Uh, Jeff, didn't you have one also this week? Yeah, they're the closed captioning guy for the... At the end of the uh, Bengals game, when the who they chance uh, broke out, uh, closed captioned uh, who they who they who they say going to beat that mango. Um, I'm sure it's together. all AI. It probably oh, is. I'm sure it's all AI. Get it together. Uh, my bum of the week is the entire Miami Dolphins organization for allowing Tua Tagovailoa to play in that game. My God. And close second was Tulsa allowing that poor college kid who also looked like a stunned deer. The only difference is he didn't have to leave the game with a second concussion mere days later. So that's where don't forget to visit Caleb at uh, Reds Festival. Come come on, man. All right. That's another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. Thank you to we're we're still at half the people that were here, even when Chad was here. Um, uh, And we thank every single one of you people for sticking around with us. Uh, For a lot of you, it was the first time you gave us a chance. Uh, We hope to see you back here next week doing the same thing that we do every week. Uh, But for my co-hosts, for Ed Mayhall, for Jeff Howell, for Chad Brendel, who's no longer here, we'll see you next week, 915 Tuesday nights. See ya!